In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Ijishesan, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. Can you shout, have a seven time? I have my notes, but, but I'm sensing that the direction that God wants to take is different. Harvest. The first thing the Lord we ask, we have me ask you is do you have your mind prepared for harvest? Do you have a mind that can handle the harvest? Of the season. There's a mindset. That makes harvest. Possible. We're in this room now. And this cool. Most likely the weather in here. Is different from the weather out there. And the reason is because. There's an air conditioning system. But, but, but beyond the system. There is a thermostat. This, the system is responsible. For the cooling. But there's a thermostat that determines how, more, how cool it is. I believe folks in the facility, before you all came in, made sure each of the AC units was set to a particular temperature. Am I right? So, the system now aligned with the setting to produce a temperature for us that is conducive as it is. Do you know that's what your mind is to your spirit? As powerful as a recreated human spirit is, if the mind is not trained, or should I say renewed appropriately, the capacity of the spirit will not reflect And that's why you can be so spirit-filled, so much on the fire of the Holy Ghost, and yet your life sucks. Let me borrow that word. It stinks literally. With all the fire, the prayer machine, everything. Because you have a mind that repels the capacity of the spirit. The same way we can set a temperature that will be so high that will not reflect the capacity of the AC. And this place will still be hot. In spite of the fact that the AC has the capacity to cool the place. So the question this evening is, is your mind set to handle the harvest of this season? How renewed is your mind? Can you really say God's word is the final authority? Do you set your mind according to what the word says? Or do you set your mind according to every other thing but the word? When you have, if you ask me what is the most important responsibility of a believer, I will tell you, is the renewal of the mind. The mind must be renewed according to the word of God. Deliberately. 
intentionally there must be a setting you had your pastor say he will listen to this this was 20 years ago it was probably in his first year in Unilag then I was already out there doing ministry can you imagine a teenager that was that hungry for God and here nothing just happens while the heart remains seed time and harvest shall not cease Mekusotabaya is fraudulent to expect harvest when there is no seeds. God cannot be scammed. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. As powerful as your prayer life is, prayer only works according to the word. This is the confidence that we have that whatsoever we ask according to his will. And his word is what reveals his will. He answers us. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask anything. Kataya. And I'm mandated to deliver it. The level of mind renewal you achieve is what determines how much of God you experience. Renew your mind. Be deliberate. Be deliberate. We are prayer machines. But we are people of the world first. We are regulated by the world. We live by the world. We move by the world. Our prayer life is by the world. Everything we do is by the world. Our giving is by the world. The communion is by the world. The raising of our family is by the world. Our career is by the world. Everything is by the world. The world regulates our life. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out. Man without the world is empty. He, he lives by every word. He is sustained by the world. We are a generation of grace. We are a product of grace. But you know, it takes the world to activate the spirit of faith that takes grace. Faith comes by hearing. So there is a commitment to the world that is key to your effectiveness as a harvester. You want to harvest? The world is the primary seed. Mark chapter 4 verse 14. The sower sows the world. Don't be a scammer. Expecting harvest without the word seed is being fraudulent. What is your devotion to the word? How committed? Your pastor will fly to Australia. So he says, how do you know? I know. We talk. He calls me from Australia. Dr. K, I'm in Australia now. You know what it not to preach, but to be, to be in a conference. At times, he will do it three, four days and fly back. Is that important? Your commitment to the world, your devotion to the world. Coming to a point that you are literally regulated by the world. Your mind, he says, set your mind on things which is above. The world is above. Set your mind. You know, there's a, there's a way you set your mind by the world that fear will come around. I mean, death will be around you and you will, not, you will just walk past it. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. People say, are you not scared? It didn't even cross my mind. For example, I flew, I flew in this morning. I mean, my wife and children, two grown children, we can't call them kids now. You know, they, they, they arrived about 31 hour ago. They called me, we're in. Did it cross my mind that I will not get there? It did not. You know, there are certain prayers that are motivated by fear. Father, in the name of Jesus, it must not happen. <laughs> the 
why on earth did you even accommodate it could happen? No evil shall befall me. But it does not just happen overnight. It happens because the sower sows the word. You know, if there's anything the enemy is afraid of, is the word. And that's why the moment the word is sown, immediately Satan comes. Immediately. In fact, the first category is by the wayside. In other words, the word was preached, but it did not even get into the soil. It died by the wayside. Because the enemy knows if the word can get into the heart, he can't stop it. The reason, now some of you think you are so cute, that's why the affliction is coming. No, it's not because of your cuteness. It's because of the word. He said the affliction came for the word's sake. He was so scared of the word has entered. And that's why you need a strong root system. Because with a strong root system, as the affliction is coming, you are smiling. <laughs> I didn't just get excited with that word. I have root system where that word is concerned. So there's a category that the word never entered their heart. And there's a category that did not allow the word to grow downward first. They were just full, full of excitement. But there's such a thing as a strong root system of the word. The affliction will come and go. You'll be waiting. When you are ready, you will pack your glow and go. Because I'm built to outlast you. And he talks about the category. The, 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 the word that falls on the ground fine and it starts doing well but there's a problem there were things that were not dealt with the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things get choked i mean to the glory of god i have two 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 grown-ups in college now i mean this school fees is heavy if you check america good schools in america boy and that's why i don't find it funny when i see Parents that send their kids to America and say they just pay for a semester, said the Lord be with you. It's wicked. Do you want him to become a prostitute or she to become a prostitute? I mean, you can't wash plates to place to pay to pay those, those kind of school fees. And that's how come a lot of people end up, you know, being out of status because the pressure is too much. So but back to the original point I'm trying to make. I mean, I remember my wife called me a few weeks ago about. My son's bill, he came in already. The bill for next session. I said, okay. And I changed the topic. Just like that, yes. I refuse to meditate on bills. Uh, I just changed the book. Okay, like, uh, back to what we were saying before the bill came. Okay, what about it? I refuse to allow some, some nasty bills to choke the word in me. I've been a Christian for over 30 years. The word has never failed. I was born in Badon, raised in Ibadan, Ibadan bread, none of my family has ever traveled before. Where I am, God, the word brought me there. So, why will the word fail? It's just money, it will be paid. meditate on bills and it has never failed is a distraction I don't know what you are dealing with and it's trying to take your attention off the world it's time to take your mind so your mind is it was designed for the world anything that takes your mind away from the world is a distraction the world is everything It's the primary seed in this kingdom 
Everything runs back. You know, so you say, oh, sow this financial seed. Of course, I believe in sowing seed. But the most important seed is the word seed. Before your money seeds. Before any kind of seed, the word seed is the principal seed. And that's why Jesus said, he said, if you don't know this parable, you, have, you don't know anything. Because everything in this kingdom runs by this. Secondly, consecration. In this, in this, in this kingdom, we don't live for ourselves. We don't leave. It's not about comfort and convenience. It's about assignments. I mean, you can, you can say, oh, Dr. K is doing well. I'm, and I'm blessed. I'm not just the apostle of our ministries. I run businesses that are doing well. Multiple. But listen, it did not start like that. I remember when the Lord spoke to me in 1999. Let me tell you my story. We were still on Ali Avenue those days, the days of Ali B. And Pastor Bolaji knows the place, you know, every health club. And, you know, I preached a good message on the midweek service. The church was growing. And I taught them on how effective I've been because I was smart. You know, when the Lord told me to come to Lagos, I'd never lived in Lagos. I came to Lagos 1997, December, started the church, and the church was growing. I said, But the Lord did not tell me not to do pharmacy. So, what did, I'm a pharmacist by training, by the way. Be not deceived by this cute look. I was in pharmacy school 34 years ago. Okay. Just a few, a few years, 34 years ago. So I'm a trained pharmacist. So I came to Lagos with my pharmacy degree, ready to help God out, you know, do ministry on one side, make money on pharmacy. So and I, I make sure I got, the, you know, that smart job that will allow me to do ministry. So I preach a message on a Wednesday, oh no, on a Sunday morning on wisdom. And I taught them how I was wise and, you know, and that's why the ministry is not under pressure financially and I'm not under... I, God was listening to me as I was preaching that message. <laughs> and he did not say anything. So the following meeting was a midweek service. So I walked into the midweek service and, you know, praise worship was going on. I was ready to go and preach my message again. And the Lord told me the moment I rose up, he said, with the same mouth, you told the people on Sunday that you have been helping me out. I want you to go to that pulpit and tell them today marks the end of your pharmacy profession. The message I preached on Sunday, they were, people clapped, people loved it. And on Tuesday, not even Wednesday, because meeting service those days was Tuesday. On Tuesday, it disbanded my message. So, I, so, you know, when I preached it on Sunday, it was with so much passion. This time around, God said, say it, say it. Said, with the same mouth, you have told them, you have helped me. Tell them, I'm not allowing you to help me again. So I told them, the Lord just told me. Now I started stuttering. The Lord just told me that I can't do pharmacy again. And that was the last time I practiced pharmacy. Has it not kept me? Do you know if I've missed that opportunity? Because consecration is an opportunity. Write it down. Consecration is, is not a punishment. It's an opportunity. If I've, if I've missed that opportunity and stubbornly saying, God, no, I bind you. No. Ah, it doesn't make sense. It's, do you know we would not have met thousands of people that have been able to impact all over the world? They would not have met me. There are a lot of destinies that are grounded today because there was an instruction, a direction that they missed. 
And please, don't trust yourself too much. If Jesus who left heaven with the intention to come and die on earth, all of a sudden started negotiating with God, if possible, let this call pass over me. This Jesus, oh, there was no sin in him. He did not sin. And yet, the humanity in him rose up. And some of you, you are so confident of your will. It does not have to be seen. Because Jesus did not sin, according to the scripture. And yet, there was a time his will was pointing in an opposite direction to the will of God. Not my will. Let me say this about the spirit of God. I know this is a season a lot of Nigerians are frustrated with Nigeria and they want to move out of Nigeria. Can, can you get on your feet, everybody? Everybody say, I need to check out. I need it's the will of God for, not, for some of us not to check out. To check out is to be out of the will of God. And please stop using your children as an excuse. Oh, it's, it's to give the children a better life. The best life is in the will of God. Consecration. Not my will. All this, you have finalized everything. You now come to pastor. I want to give a testimony. Ah, Christians are scammers. Your pastor cannot even inject anything because you have packaged as a testimony. God has opened the door. We are going two weeks time. I've pastored long enough to know that it's not every marriage is the will of God. I've pastored long enough to know not every relocation is the will of God. I've pastored long enough to know not every change of career is the will of God. Consecration. Not my will. Just because you want it so much it does not make it right. You can't trust your will. If Jesus, only Jesus, was going to miss it, if not for the fact that he had enough spiritual intelligence to pray that prayer of consecration, Luke chapter 22, verse 42, I believe, if possible, let this come pass over me. No, that was, that was his will. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. I hope I've been able to communicate something to somebody tonight. In the valley of the shadow of death, you will be fine. God will take care of you. Let me tell you two things, two testimonies. Let me, I can call them two testimonies and then we we'll see what God will do. Over 10 years ago, my own brother, as in blood brother, I mean very smart. He did computer engineering, Pastor Balaji knows him. He had two one in Ife, very smart. In fact, he nearly made first class. I already had plans. As an elder brother, I'm in America. Bring him to America. Say to him. And as I was, in fact, we've talked to the school correspondence. I'm don't worry. Who paid the fee? In the midst of that, the Lord spoke to me. I said, "Is that my will for him?" So I called him. I said, "Bimbo, I'm not sure again." And he said, "I understand." And we dropped it. One he is the pastor of our church in Abuja today. Woo. Secondly, Sholo Kodwa. I knew him. Shola came to our church for the first time at 14, when he was 14. So I knew him from campus days, you know, very well. Dance group 
was leading this group. They used to dance all over the place. So, I mean, I just love him. What's their name again? The word. So I loved him. So, you know, he would come around and protocol with me. So I fell in love so much with him that I felt like it would be nice to have this boy around me. I love his energy. So I called him. I said, Shola, what about you moving to the U.S. after school? He said, why not? The father already called me, thanked me. And we started, we have talked to the school. He was already making arrangements. And in the midst of that planning, I heard the Lord say, that is not my plan for his life. So I called Shola. I said, I'm about to disappoint you. He said, what's this, sir? I said, ah, the American thing. Koflu. Mm. He said, okay, but that okay. With pain. Somebody was already dreaming, New York City, Chicago. And now say it's not the will of God. But I said something, I said, Shalom, when it's time for you to come to America, you will come as a king. And we dropped it. And we never talked about it again. Not only was he sponsored to come to America a few years later, all expenses paid for. Can you imagine? Shola in America now. No denial. Or someone else. We have to do it. You know, there's a song they used to sing in my parents' church growing up. The gift and calling of God are without repentance. But people get replaced. I've, encounter, I've had encounters with Jesus before. And I know your pastor can, can testify to you too that Jesus told me, say, I would like you to do a few things now. And I was like in conversation with him. But that was not in the original plan. Just some people dropped the ball. The harvest is large, but the laborers are few. Not consecrated, not aligned, out of formation. Just because you want it, does not make it right. There is a purpose of your life that you must protect. You must protect the purpose of God for your life. You know, I don't really like this phrase, he has done well for himself. He has done well for himself. What does he mean? He has a house. He has several cars. His children are in good schools. He goes on vacation every year. Or he runs the company. Okay. There's more to life than that. I'm in my 50s now. You know, when you cross that bridge, your perspective changes. There are things I valued that now I look at them and say, it's nothing. It's just a car. It's just a house. My children have left home now. You look at the whole house. There was a day I called my wife. I said, this house, does it make sense? The children have gone. They just come to visit us. Then there was a time it was a dream house. In fact, there was a time my wife said, we are moving out. It's too big to maintain. There's more to life than the things of this world. Paul said in his letter after Philippians, he said, Timothy, there's none like you. He said, everybody has left me because they will not mind the things of Christ but you. I'm not supposed to preach an everlasting message tonight, but I hope you got something. In this valley, 
you can afford to sleep. In this valley, you can afford to be distracted. In this valley, you cannot afford to live based on what pleasures you. Lift up your hands unto heaven. In my life, Lord, be glorified. something and it's a test I hope somebody will pass it you are right there as I was ministering you knew you are out of alignment you know you have made you have taken some steps you have missed your way you have gotten into certain things that you didn't bother to find out the will of God or in some cases you knew it was not the will of God but you insisted on your way you know, James chapter 4 verse 6 says, God gives grace to the humble. There's a grace to restore. The amazing thing about GPS is this, you can miss your way. There's something called reroutes. You can be rerouted. But that grace comes through humility. I hope you will pass that test if you're one of the people I'm talking to tonight. Maybe there's a call of God upon your life. You knew right from your college days you were supposed to get more involved in ministry. But the spirit of Lagos took you over at the moment you moved to Lagos. And ministry, I will do it later. When? When you have given back to all your children. When all your strengths are gone. It might not even be ministry, but one thing or the other. Maybe you are in a relationship you are not supposed to be. But you're like, I really like the guy. I really like the guy. If you are one of the people I'm talking to tonight, hopefully you will pass that test of humility. There's grace for the humble. And the humility test tonight is that you will walk to the, to the front, to, to the front, right now. I'm going to count seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I see an outpouring of the spirit of grace tonight. No matter how far you have gone left, I see you restored by the grace of God. There's someone, there's someone under the sound of my voice. There were certain gifts that were, in, that were in activation in your life before. But ever since you made that move, those things shut down. I see those things coming back alive tonight. Uh, there's several of you. You've not heard God clearly for you for a while now, and it's because you have insisted on your way. As you make up your mind to do it God's way tonight, I see a restoration of your capacity where sensitivity to the things of God are concerned. I see you downloading from heaven on another level. Lift up your two hands, everybody. If you want to kneel down, you can kneel down. But if you just want to stand up and raise up, just make sure your heart is bowed. No, you can bow your physical knees and your heart is not bowed. If you feel like kneel down, kneel down if you want to. If you want to, in fact, kneel down, kneel down. It's okay to kneel down. Just kneel down. 
it's okay. We're doing it right. I said we are doing it right. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice who is making a commitment tonight to do it God's way, to do it based on the leading of the Spirit, not to insist on his own way, our own way, but to do it based on the leading of the Spirit. That tonight, no matter how far you might have deviated from the path that God has for you, tonight begins the journey of your restoration. Every grace that has been shut down as a result of your deviation of your disobedience, as your result of you being out of formation, I declare from tonight those graces are restored. Your voice is restored, your influence is restored, your sensitivity is restored, your capacity restored. Every single thing in you that ought to be activated for the expression and the delivery and the deployment of your purpose. I declare tonight as you submit to the grace of God. I declare all of those things are activated. Father, we thank you. I call this a new day and in a new beginning. Oh, something new is starting in your life from tonight. I say something new is starting in your life. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.